You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's Mike show. Hey, put a little bit. I never get this line out the first time. It's not even good. Hey. Put a little, put a little bit more in there, cowboy. And the bulldog. What's your degree in? Kicking ass and taking names. <laughs> On WGR Sports Radio 550. Is your Twitter X, if you you like to say X, uh, feed <laughs> just absolutely all about the Senior Bowl? I didn't realize. Maybe it's just like these big graphics and. I don't know. Just feels like I, I follow an inordinate number of accounts that are tweeting a lot today about about hand measurements and <laughs> the Senior Bowl. Uh, I wouldn't say it's all about that, but there's um, there's uh, I would I feel like for this time of the year an appropriate amount of that in my feed. Yes, I'm, I'm <laughs> but I don't feel overrun. Uh, I've not okay. gotten to like oh my god enough already uh, at you're, all. You're not Senior Bowled out. No, as not yet. Monday no. of the first day of the week, <laughs> right? You know, Ian Harditz with us on the Western Hotline, MB Fantasy Life, very popular Twitter follow X, one hundred sixty three point two thousand people can't be wrong, right, Ian? I mean, if if they're giving you their attention, you must be doing something right. Hey, I'd like to think a good amount of those are actual people, but I'll tell you what, I was over <laughs> one hundred seventy last week, so I, I have a, some bots in there. People are mad at some stuff I've been saying lately, but either way, I appreciate <laughs> you guys having me on. <laughs> yes, of course. Uh, I guess I don't know this about you, with like the college draft season coming up as a as a fantasy analyst. Do you do a lot of your quote own research when it comes to these guys? I don't. I usually like other people do that work, and I take my cues. But um, I don't know. Maybe you're a college tape grinder. I definitely, uh, you know, pass off some of that to the guys like Dane Brugler, Lance Zerloin, Mike Renner, you know, some of the true titans in terms of the uh, draft community. But I try to go through, especially for, you know, the top 25 or 30 skill position players in particular for fantasy, watch a few of their games and break them down to at least a certain extent. So, I'm, again, not as much in the weeds. Obviously kind of hard to go Saturday and Sunday throughout the uh, entire fall with it. But I try to pay some attention. Generally, though, I'm with you guys in terms of just being annoyed with some of the, you know, just hype with the Senior Bowl and Shrine Bowl. How many live football games do we have from all these players that have been in competitive environments over the last three or four years? Maybe we focus a little bit more on those and some of these glorified practices out here. I guess, yeah. I, I know you love your Buckeyes. Marvin Harrison, uh, at or near the top of this draft, probably won't be the first pick, but top five pick. Um, do you have a thought on like him, maybe a landing spot idea, or just what the top of the draft could look like, Ian, with, of course, the drama around Chicago and whether they'll keep Justin Fields or draft Caleb Williams and then on from there? Look, Marv's awesome, and maybe we'll look back on this moment in 10 years and say I was a complete idiot, but I do think the generational label is maybe being thrown around a little bit. 
too loosely. I wonder if he had a different name if people will be quite as willing to throw him inside the top five. Not that he's not great, but I do think when you start looking at him versus Neighbors versus um, Aduze and things like that going on, I just don't know if Harrison Jr.'s body control and contested catchability is just that much better than everyone to make up for the fact that when you watch him across, you know, last three years, like I've watched every single one of his games, he's not the most dynamic guy in the world. And it's just one of these things where, again, playing at Ohio State, all these primetime games, having C.J. Stroud, you know, really help him out at least one year. I know, I know, Kyle McCord experience wasn't exactly doing him favors here in 23. <laughs> but I do just, again, wonder – Again, having watched Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, and those guys, I don't believe Harrison Jr. is in another uh, stratosphere of talent. So we actually had uh, the fine folks at Underdog Fantasy kick off some 2024-2025 uh, fantasy drafts today, and he's already going in, like, round four, round five, at least in that round of things. So, yeah, hey, he'll go help a team like the Patriots or whoever ends up taking him be better. But in terms of just expecting him day one to go out there and put up, you know, a Jamar Chase or – I guess a Puka Nakua level season. I'm kind of out of that idea. Those those other Ohio State receivers that you mentioned there, Ian, pr- pr- played a part in this. Like because I, I, it feels to me like anyway, in each of those guys' draft year, people would be saying, "And that's not even the best guy there. It's this guy." And like it just I don't know that narrative. It, it took hold, and I think maybe is um, I don't know. You're, sounds like you're suggesting maybe it's just gotten a little too much airtime. I mean, at this point, look, guy like Brian Harline, Ohio State's wide receiver coach, obviously did some good things in the pros by himself back in the day uh, for the Dolphins and everything. He said going into last year that Marvin Harrison Jr. was the best wide receiver he's coached, and then that Jackson Smith and Jiggle is number two ahead of everyone else. And, hey, just one rookie year for JSN. I know he's been battling one injury after another for these last two years. But, again, just based on what I've seen with my eyes, that certainly aren't quite as established as someone like Hartline out there. I don't think that, again, Hartline, uh, that uh, Harrison Jr. is just that far ahead of some of these other guys. So, at the end of the day, maybe we're talking about, especially in terms of Garrett, Harrison, and Olave, like that could legit be three of the top 20 wide receivers overall in the NFL anyway. So, you know, we're kind of nitpicking to begin with. But, <laughs> yeah, man, just come down to, again, trying to appreciate how much of this is a player being incredible and how much of this is is a scheme that has also, let's face it, uh, been enabling a ton of production in Columbus in recent years. It was maybe Garrett Wilson himself who last year pumped up that Smith and Jigba was better than he was, or Olave. I'm not sure if they both said, said it. it yeah. Wilson said it. Um, hey, since we're here, Ian, I'd also like to hear you talk about Stroud. Just whether or not you're shocked. How, how surprising is his, his success to you? Oh, it was incredible, uh, incredibly surprising because as much as that Georgia game really showed that he was capable of creating more off script and everything, I mean, I saw guys like Lance Zerloin, Dane Brugler shouted him out before, but they were saying the same thing where it's just like you never saw that consistently over the course of his career. I mean, Buckeye fans, more so I think because we had, you know, the Braxton and JT Barrett stretch and obviously Fields uh, doing his thing on the ground as well. Like, Columbus was dying to have a quarterback that was actually going to run the ball more than Stroud was, and it just shows us how freaking spoiled and idiotic uh, some of these Ohio State fans can be sometimes. So, again, it was just with Stroud. There was no doubt that, okay, you give him a clean pocket, you have a wide receiver with some separation. I mean, his ball placement was always incredible. It was more so, okay, he's going to a Houston Texans team that, let's face it, hindsight's twenty twenty, but nobody was ranking these guys as anything other than the bottom five, you know, offensive environment going into last season. And then all of a sudden, we have Nico Collins, Tank Dell and company looking like absolute juggernauts 
So to see C.J. Stroud, again, take that leap in the Georgia game and then just make that his new baseline, absolutely incredible. I mean, if the guy didn't get injured, he would have shattered Andrew Luck's you know, rookie passing yard record, and it's just honestly one of the more impressive rookie years we've ever seen, especially considering the talented cast going around. So, again, it's easy to say now, oh, look at the receiver Stroud had versus Bryce Young. But I think reasonably, if we had to rank those supporting casts going into last season, we'd have the Texans near or at the bottom. Right. It, I mean, the, any point somebody could have made about Adam Thielen, some, the other guy comes back with Robert Woods. I mean, Tank Dell yeah. was just like not a thing yet. Um, so, really good. I, I can't let Ian mention – announce, as it were, that underdog big board season has started without raising my hand. Like, I know, I'm not in there yet, Bulldog, just before you start throwing (laughs) shots, but I am in two FFPC uh, never-too-early tournament drafts. And and, um, Marvin Harrison was wide receiver 17 in one of them, one spot ahead of Rashi Rice. So uh, somebody out there is ready to go Harrison over over Rice. I mean, you know, it's early, like like we know. Um. All right, so Ian Stroud and the Texans in Buffalo, like the Bills and Allen go down to the Chiefs and Mahomes. So do the Ravens and Jackson, and it's another Chiefs Super Bowl. And we're just trying to sort of ponder the the, the landscape here for these many great AFC quarterbacks, or at least potentially great. And the door is kind of slammed shut, except for the one Burrow uh, season. And just like, what a story that Kansas City, in a year where everybody talked all season about their struggles, are able to beat the Dolphins and the Bills and the Ravens, you know, the teams that were all sort of hyped up more, you know, arguably this year. Oh, 100%. And you, know, you got to give all the obviously to Mahomes and company, but it, I think it's that Chiefs defense that has really helped him get over the hump in 2023 and now 24 specifically. I mean, by far the best unit they've had and everything Steve Spagnuolo has done out there. You know, the Ravens did not give up 30 themselves, but this year it was only the Chiefs and the Ravens to not give up at least 30 points on defense in every single game out. Ravens had a safety and a pick six here or there if you want to fact check me, but I will again just remind you guys how close some of these games were, I mean, I know it's a game of absolutes and when someone wins a playoff game, they're the hero. And when they lose, they suck and they're overrated. But I mean, just, you know, Diggs comes down with that perfectly thrown deep ball at the end of last week, or I don't know, just make a reasonable freaking field goal. And then even this game, I mean, Zay Flowers, we're talking about him being not a yard inches away from getting that touchdown that would have made it a tie game and hey yeah Mahomes hero sure but he also led five straight drives that ended in punts in that second half I mean I sure felt like if the Ravens could have limited some of those just personal foul penalties four of them out there and just again giving themselves be a little more tighter with the football the horrible Lamar pick to Isaiah Likely I didn't watch that game and say, oh, the Chiefs are just by far the better team out there. Hey, they played you know, better overall and did what they did to get the win. But, man, Mahomes keeps uh, getting that trump card and being the one to stand up at the end. But I really do think the Bills and Ravens are close. It's really incredible with, you know, even even in the context, excuse me, of this conversation, you know, the quarterbacks are – there's so many quarterbacks in the, in the AFC and they're all going to be beaten on the same door. 17 to 10 is this game between Casey and Baltimore with Mahomes and Jackson. It didn't start that way. It looked like it might be like a 38-35 type game the way the first quarter went, but it's really telling that like we've swung all the way back to 17-10 in the AFC title game. I mean, that is not something I would have had on my bingo card, that it would be that low scoring, that those defenses would have their way to that extent. 
Oh, yeah. I actually take responsibility because I live bet the uh, over in like the middle of the second quarter, and then no one proceeded to score for the next you know, two hours of action. So that was awesome. But uh, I will say, you know, sometimes we get so caught up in these conversations about how much is the quarterback doing and this or that. Like, if I showed you the four average target deaths of the quarterbacks that played football yesterday, I'm sure you would put Purdy or Goff there at the bottom, 5.9 yards average target death. No, that was actually Patrick Mahomes. He was the most dink and dunk quarterback out there yesterday. Every other quarterback was at 9.4 or above. So, hey, guess what? He was playing the Ravens. I've seen his wide receivers. I'm not saying Mahomes should be throwing down the field more often just to do so and everything. But, yeah, I don't think at the end of the day this was a situation where the Chiefs offense was just on that much of a better level. I will say the thing that really confused me in that one was seeing the Ravens running backs. They only got six total carries between Gus and Justin Hill in a game that, you know, was never more than two scores out of it. So every other game this season, they were at 15 plus. And as much as I do think the league's better defenses, you know, Niners, Ravens, Chiefs, Cowboys, you're all going to see the best overall defenses also be better against the pass. You know, it's 2024 now. That is ideal. But the Chiefs, as we saw when the Bills played them, like we saw Ty Johnson establishing the run with a lot of success out here. Meanwhile, that's been the Ravens, you know, more or less their identity for the last half decade. So even if it wasn't going to be the running backs, more Lamar Jackson designed runs, just a disappointing way to see the Ravens go out. Do you have a guess as to why it went that way? It just, it, 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 I think a lot of people that, you know, really follow football and analyze football are trying to figure out what Todd Monken was trying to get done yesterday. I understand Lamar wasn't exactly a model of consistency throwing the football, but at the same time, like, how many shot plays are we watching to Nelson Aguilar and OBJ down the sideline where you're asking the dude, like, in the wind and rain to make this pinpoint pass? 40 yards downfield. I mean, I know Zay Flowers like finally made some plays and stuff, but yeah, maybe a few more pop passes to him. I mean, Aguilar, if there's anything he really does well, it is more of the yards after the catch type of situation. So, look, I think Munkin did a really lot of good things this year. Certainly a net positive. Lamar's going to take on the MVP. That's awesome. I don't want to completely overreact to 60 minutes of football, but yeah, I don't have a good answer for you. It really was confusing. And again, especially when looking at the defensive-specific matchup and the weather, mm-hmm. This actually ended up being the uh, third. There was a tie for the third most pass ha- happy matchup that the Ravens have put forward of the season. The other two games when they really threw the ball this much were against the Lions and also the Rams. So, hey, they managed to beat two opponents in this one. And, again, we're talking about an inch. Zay Flowers holds on the ball for another right. inch, and then Justin Tucker drills a field goal at the end, and all of a sudden the Ravens got it figured out, and the Chiefs are the ones we're panicking about. So, just uh, d- disappointing, but, yeah, maybe next year Ravens fans. What happened to Bateman, by the way? Like, it's it's a little bit sounding like last year sounded with respect to Baltimore, like Aguilar. You know, Beckham really didn't work out. With, I thought they were saving him for the playoffs, but didn't really amount to much. Um, it's not quite Willie Sneed here, Ian, but Bateman, is, is he just dead? Is he a dead asset? It's not looking great in this offense. I mean, hey, we, we did see Zay Flowers kind of emerge as a quality, you know, wide receiver two, more like wide receiver three in fantasy land more weeks than not. But, hey, even without Mark Andrews, there was Isaiah Likely rising up and becoming the primary touchdown scorer. And this obviously continues to more weeks than not be a team that is happy to lean on the run when they're able to do so. So I was surprised with Bateman because I remember around weeks, you know, seven or eight, if you actually were grinding some of the uh, all 22, it seemed like he got his speed back 
back, and you kind of see him, you know, getting open deep and not getting a catchable ball or a drop here or there. But sadly, between him and you said it, OBJ, we just never quite saw either guy get going down the stretch like we thought we were going to. So not to even, you know, say that Aguilar shouldn't have been out there. He made some plays, and my God, you talk about one meme just defining a single dude's entire existence. Like, Nelson Aguilar was a perfectly fine wide receiver (laughs) four. I understand if Eagles fans aren't thrilled about the return they got for a first-round pick, but man, the dude cannot uh, go a day without getting 10 of those uh, Eagles memes sent out there. So it's funny, but long story short, I mean, this Ravens offense was still a top five group on the season. I think if they bring back these wide receivers, maybe add just another day two pick or something, they should be fine. But hey, OBJ, I mean, we were all kind of surprised when he got, what was it, 18 million? So they're going to have a good amount of room to go ahead and if not bring him back, maybe bring in someone else that can give him a better spark. Ian, I, I hope we have time to get to the NFC championship game at least briefly, and then the Bills in the offseason. But still on this game, just quickly, you mentioned like drafts have started for next year. We, we sickos. Um, may, maybe Travis Kelsey's position in drafts has changed already from when it started, say, two weeks ago or whatever, because a lot of this year was, okay, time's up. Like he's not with as good as Laporta was. And really a nice uh, renaissance here for the tight end position. A lot of guys were talking about but here in the playoffs, and quintessentially yesterday, the great touchdown catch, it's a huge vintage Travis Kelsey game. What do you think at this point, as I ask you, is he your tight end one next year? I think I'd have to still give him the benefit of the doubt. Probably Kelsey one, Sam Laporta, or Mark Andrews two. And then, unfortunately, I mean, the guy that was about to really knock off Kelsey this year is TJ Hawkinson, but now we got to consider, you know, what he's going to be able to do coming back from the injury and Kirk Cousins is going to be there as well. So I think Kelsey still deserves the one spot. I mean, it wasn't as pretty this year for sure. We all saw the numbers and everything, but it was more so relative to Travis Kelsey than like him completely falling off a cliff as, you know, an NFL tight end. So again, the efficiency numbers weren't quite as elite as usual, but relative just to normal human being tight ends, he was still doing pretty good for himself. But man, the things this dude can can do in the playoffs. I mean, we all saw the stat, you know, finally passing Jerry Rice freaking Jerry Rice to go for uh, receptions in the playoffs but now guys just looking at it he's played 17 postseason games with Patrick Mahomes so like an entire modern day season's worth and the dude has 18 touchdowns 1516 yards and 133 catches so it's week in and week out season in season out shining brightest even though as we've seen this year defenses know absolutely where the ball is going each and every time so over these last two weeks specifically too I mean he's got 16 passes on 17 targets the ball's not even right. hitting the ground so all the credit in the world and yeah guess what it's not like as much as kelsey in his prime obviously like master like y- yakster and everything going on there but if there is a situation where a guy can probably age gracefully for a year or two longer probably when you got patrick mahomes under center you know with that sort of chemistry they developed but that that touchdown from mahomes to kelsey yesterday early in that game is like you can't defend it like Kyle Hamilton is is he? I mean, he's it's great coverage. He's like that's the athlete you want on him. We all watched AJ Klein chasing Travis Kelsey around last week, and that was not fun uh, in Buffalo. But that that's the guy that you you have to like try to neutralize Kelsey. He's right there, and the ball is just perfect. The catch is perfect. I mean, good luck to you. 
Oh, yeah, that was incredible. I mean, Notre Dame was getting a little bit of a bad uh, rap there for a minute because Hamilton, again, great coverage, but did give up the touchdown. And then Ronnie Stanley let the guy go around him for the strip sack. But Hamilton, it felt like after that play, I mean, he must have made the next 10 tackles out there. You could tell he took it personally uh, to some extent. But that's the thing. This Ravens defense, I mean, again, for them to give up two touchdowns in the first two drives and then completely close the show pretty much until that MBS catch at the end, absolute madness. So also shout out to, by the way, March ball is scaling this dude like okay last year he was a bit more boomer bust but this year like he just wasn't doing anything all season he only had three catches all year all regular season that were thrown at least 20 yards downfield naturally playoff mvs the last two games already has matched that total with three so i don't know if it'll be enough to uh you know get the 49ers overly concerned but hey playoff mvs you know just like sammy Watkins for the chiefs back in 2018 guys disappoint in the regular season but they show up when it matters sure makes uh you know let's look back at their uh, memories with a lot more fondness <laughs> all right well i'm not sure we'll have time to get to san francisco detroit but here are the bills ian just uh, your thoughts on how they might be different I don't know where you ended up with Stephon Diggs. You mentioned the drop pass in the playoff game. Some amount of consternation here about where he's at in his career, now now at 30, and just how this year looked toward the end. Davis maybe leaving, maybe probably leaving. Khalil Shakir, Kincaid. And then we've talked about this a lot for two or three years now. Is this the year a first-round wide receiver? The first since Kelvin Benjamin, by the way, he would be uh, on this Bills team. Like it seems like maybe it's time for that. Should be options. Um, Joe Brady staying. How, what does it all add up to for you, Ian? Like your your confidence that with Allen another QB one year, that the the output you need will be there. We also saw them go run heavy toward uh, the end. Oh, yeah. I mean, after Joe Brady took over, only the Pittsburgh Steelers actually had a higher just raw uh, run play percentage the rest of the way. So really was shocking to see. But, hey, you know, it did, did get them a lot of victories and, again, got them within a missed field goal of uh, arguably pushing that game to OT. So for Josh Allen specifically, just in terms of, you know, his fantasy stock, he's fine. Him and Jalen Hurst play such a different position than everyone else. Like this regular season, Allen had 14 carries inside the five-yard line. Jalen Hurts had 16. No other quarterback had more than five. So I know a lot of people consider Jalen Hurts a season of disappointment, and it absolutely was in real life. But he was still the QB2 in fantasy because these rushing touchdowns are just unmatched. And as we saw with Josh, he can really do, you know, the whole push-push madness better than anyone really outside of Philly. So definitely concerned with Diggs. I mean, we've seen father time really start coming forward wide receivers about at this point and just to see in the offense I mean Khalil Shakur had more yards than him ever since week 10 despite only having 37 targets to Diggs is 80 so the opportunity was there I'm not too as concerned about you know a random drop here or there but at the same time wasn't exactly seeing him make a bunch of plays so if he's back and the Bills say screw it you know okay I'll probably bet on Diggs again getting 150 plus targets but to your point I would love to see them invest more at the wide receiver position I know for the longest time, I talked to you guys last year, and it was like Gabriel Davis had the uh, lowest overall like round original like when they were drafted of any wide receiver on the roster. So, okay, Andy Isabella finally broke that. Yeah. Come on, guys, <laughs> let's go out there and uh, get some count. better weapons. So, yeah, exactly. And, you know, James Cook, he had some nice flashes, but my man's also dropped four touchdowns uh, throughout the season. So, whether it's, you know – Whoever it is, at whatever skill position, except tight end at this point, spending enough money there. Yeah, let's get some wide receivers and maybe a running back that isn't, you know, coming completely off the scrap heap and uh, see what happens. At least Isabella did not 
catch his only target. So you can still sort of parse it that way. And uh, by the way, Ian, don't sleep on K.J. Hamler being brought into the futures list. Oh, man. I'll tell you what. K.J., when he was at Penn State, that dude could fly. I hope he's he's healthy. That'd be fun. Seriously. Yeah. um, That actually could be something. I think so, too. Thank you, Ian. Always a pleasure. Thanks, guys. Talk to you later. Ian Harditz, Fantasy Life, at iHarditz on Twitter. Bulldog, a big Ian Harditz guy. I like I like him a lot. <laughs> just exactly my speed on Twitter. I just it's 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 one of my favorite follows. He is smart and funny. Yep, tough to beat. Eight oh three oh five fifty for your calls. Talking about digs there, of course, in off season mode here. The draft, you know, hit us. You you guys have guys. You you have your guys. Maybe not yet, but I know you're going to have your guys. So um, we want to talk about that, the Senior Bowl this week. And, of course, Championship Sunday, Kansas City and San Francisco, whether we like it or not. Lines open, Mike Shope and the Bulldog, back after this here on WGR. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.